Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. And today we're going to talk about something that is very timely to what things are going on around the world right now. And um, there's uh, seems to be things are ramping up and going down and ramping up and going down and ramping up and going down. And around, at least in the United States here, there are a number of restrictions placed on not just your general use in the public and around your, your town, but also on churches. In fact, the state of California has now said that they don't want churches to sing in worship to God. And we're going to take a look at what does the Bible say about our gathering together for worship? And is that a necessary thing? Is the, uh, is the live streaming and the podcasts and the recordings, are those good enough? Uh, while those are good things, are they good enough? And so we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 10. This is the passage that uh, we very often go to uh, when we're talking about getting together as believers. And so we're going to take a look at that one. Then we're going to branch off into some other things. So starting in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. So just to begin out here, he, to give you the setting of what he's talking about here, he's laid the groundwork that Jesus is greater throughout the book of Hebrews. Jesus is greater. He's greater than everything around us. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than people. He's greater than anything. Jesus is greater than the, the high priest and the priests that they had uh, previously. And he says, since those things, since Jesus is greater, and since because of Jesus, we have access to the holy places through the blood of Christ, by the new and living way, um, then some things are going to happen. Verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And so, of course, salvation and sanctification are all based on that. Let's continue. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So even in the hard times, make sure that you hold fast to your faith. Even in the difficult times, even in the crazy times, like the times that we're going through now, make sure that you hold fast to your faith. Times that are difficult and crazy like this are often times where one of two things happen with people. Either one, they grow closer to Christ and they, they change their lives and, and uh, come more in conformity with his word and decide to, to make decisions and uh, follow him and grow closer to him. Or two, people will blame it on God and then they tend to uh, turn away from God and, um, because they need somebody to blame, I guess. And so the writer of Hebrews here is telling us, make sure you're on the first side of that. 
Make sure you're on the side that's going to draw near to God in the hard times because he's the one that's going to carry us through. He's the one that's going to going to see us through because of the fact that he's greater than all these other things and because our salvation is resting upon him. Verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. So the next thing he says is make sure your faith is solid and then make sure that when you see brothers and sisters in Christ, that you encourage them, that you stir them up, that you help them grow. You're growing Now help them grow. It's kind of like the the Matthew chapter 7 thing, but in a different light. That one was make sure you pull the sin out of your eye before you help somebody else, but then help somebody else. And this is, you're growing now. You've decided that you're through the hard times, through the difficult times, you're going to follow God. Now make sure that you help your fellow Christian to grow as well. And so let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And how do we do that? How do we stir up one another to love and good works? Well, he gives us the answer in the very next verse. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, a little bit of a side note. I have been asked, I don't know how many times since this whole pandemic thing started. Um, Is this the end? Is Jesus coming back now? Is he coming back soon? And and, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, as you see those things unfold, and as it gets looking like Jesus is coming back, you need to encourage each other, stir each other up to love and good works, and meet together. See, these things happen when we get together. These things don't happen when we're spread apart. Social distancing is not a thing. Distancing is not social. And being social is not being distant. It's not really a thing. It's just a name they threw out there. And so the writer of Hebrews is telling us here, don't neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some. And don't get into that habit. I'm sure a lot of people during this during this lockdown time have gotten into the habit of not going to church. They've gotten into the habit of not going to Bible study. They've gotten into the habit of not praying with other people. Instead, they're just holed up in their own family unit group and not spreading it out uh, into the rest of the body of Christ. And he says, that's not good. We need to meet together. And so we need to make sure that we meet together. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. And I'll give you some some, uh, insight into uh, some other areas that deal with this very same issue. Acts chapter 20. In verse 7, it says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, And he prolonged his speech until midnight. So this is at the end of one of his missionary journeys. And he's going back to Jerusalem. And they're meeting together on the first day of the week, which was their habit. That was their Sabbath. That was the time that they were going to meet. And incidentally, it's the time that we meet as well. We tend to meet on Sundays. And that is Sunday. The first day of the week is Sunday. And so they met together on Sunday. And they worshiped God. And he was teaching 
on into the evening. And, um, and so this is an indication that this is important. And this was a very hard time. These people knew that when they left Saul, uh, Paul, when he left them, he wasn't coming back. There had been prophecies that, that Paul, when he went to Jerusalem, was going to be um, taken by the Gentiles. And he was going to end up, and we find out later, he ended up in Rome and uh, before the court there in Rome um, for his faith. And so they knew that was going to happen. And so they knew this difficult time was going to happen. And what did they do? They got together. They worshiped together. They studied the word of God together. They grew closer together. They made sure that on that Sunday, they were together. Matthew chapter 18. Let's go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20 says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. This is a really good reason why the whole live stream um, and videos and podcasts, although they're good for getting out the message and for teaching and learning and such, they aren't sufficient for everything. We need to gather together. This is talking about prayer. It's talking about worship. When he says two or three, when you get together with other believers, Jesus says, I'm there. But when you're spread out, he doesn't guarantee that. He says, I'm there when you guys get together. There's something special about when believers are together. He says, when two or three are together, I am there among them. Let's go to John chapter 20. This is an example in John chapter 20 of what the disciples did after the uh, death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So what did they do? That was a very difficult time. The Romans were trying to uh, kill them. The, uh, the Jews were trying to kill them. They, they were being uh, heavily persecuted. And so what are they going to do? Are they going to just lay low and not get together? Are they going to just split up and spread out so that they can't all be caught at the same time? What are they going to do? John chapter 20. There's a couple of different instances in this very chapter of exactly what they did. Down in verse 19, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, so again on Sunday, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. So now you may say, okay, but the doors were locked. Fine. Lock the church doors if you have to, to keep people out that, that, uh, that are trying to tell you not to worship. But he's saying, and the first day of the week, they got together. They locked the doors, they got together, and they were worshiping. And that is when Jesus said, I'm here with you. Be at peace. Again, just down further in this chapter, down in verse 26, because the first time Thomas wasn't there and they saw Jesus and then now they're there uh, together again and Thomas is there. Verse 26, eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. This one's not on a Sunday. This one's on a Monday. And it says, Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Again, it's difficult times. They're being persecuted. They're having to hide for their lives and for their safety. But where do they hide? 
together. They don't hide separately. They hide together. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. You say, well, that doesn't say anything about getting together. Well, actually it does. Because if they're devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, they didn't have podcasts back then. They, they, they could write some, some letters on some scrolls or papyrus or something and, and pass them around, but that isn't what they did. It says they got together, they had bread together, they ate together, they prayed together, they got together, again, during this time of persecution. This is Acts chapter 2. This is not very far after the persecution has begun. They're still being heavily persecuted. If you don't believe me, just continue to read through Acts, and you'll find out that, yes, they were being heavily persecuted still. And this is the, right after the ascension of Jesus. And so he is now gone, and they are meeting together in this difficult time. Let's move over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. The Apostle Paul, speaking to the church in Thessalonica, was encouraging them to keep building each other up. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have um, FaceTime. They didn't have Skype. They didn't have any other way to communicate but face-to-face. And so they had to get together. And you say, well, they had to. We don't have to. We're in the middle of this pandemic, and um, you know it's unsafe to be together. Well, first of all, we can argue the validity of whether it's unsafe. The numbers and the death toll really don't justify that it's unsafe, folks. I mean, let's be realistic. The average and the median age in our state of Michigan of people who have died from this pandemic is 77 years old. If this were really a, a, a threatening pandemic to the whole of society, the average would be much lower. This is, and I'm not saying that we can sacrifice the older people in our community and the older people in our society. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. I think that older people are extremely valuable. Every person is extremely valuable, no matter their age. But what I'm saying is that age range tends to be less healthy. And so they are more prone and more vulnerable to any virus, to any illness, to any sickness. And so let's get back to reality, folks. This is not going to to kill everybody around you if you don't wear a mask. The statistics are no different in places where they have required masks and those places that they haven't required masks. The statistics are no different in places where they've locked down and they haven't locked down. 
And of course, yes, we've got a spike again. But they won't tell you why we have the spike again. They, they don't blame it on any of the protests. Instead, they blame it on going to church and singing your hymns in church or your worship songs in church. Really? Now let's get back to some logic and reality. Let's get back to the scriptures. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 says, encourage one another, build one another up, just as we're doing. Let's take a look at how God designed for the church to function, to build each other up, and to encourage each other. We're going to go to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is all about how God has designed the church for different things and how he's built the church. And so Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be. Starting in verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body in Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The way that Jesus has designed the body of Christ, the church, to build up is together. He's designed certain people in there together to work together so that we are not swayed around by every doctrine that comes our way, everything that sounds good, everything that, that, that looks good, Every, every human, everything by human cunning and craftiness, which, by the way, that's what we're seeing. And, and so we're not supposed to be swayed by those things. But we are to meet together and build each other up. Now stay safe. And I hope to see you in church, in your church, on Sundays. Thank you for tuning in to Freedom Fridays. Mm-hmm.